This is exactly right. If you're a fan of meticulously crafted worlds that reimagine every little detail, then you'll enjoy the podcast Imaginary Worlds. Host Eric Malinsky spent over a decade working in public radio and uses those skills to create a sound-rich podcast that features interviews with Andy Weir, who wrote The Martian, the writers of hit TV shows like Star Trek Strange New Worlds, designers of games like Magic the Gathering, and the puppeteer who designed Miss Piggy. You can find Imaginary Worlds wherever you're listening to this podcast. You're about to hear a bonus episode of I Saw What You Did. If you want access to all of our bonus content, subscribe to Wondery Plus on the Wondery app. You can start your free trial on WonderyPlus.com. Every single one of you out there, you are listening to a bonus episode of I Saw What You Did. My name is Millie DeCherico. I'm Danielle Henderson. And you know what? We love mail. Am I right? We really do. Am I right we about really that? really do. Yeah. I love email. I love regular mail. Me too. I've been getting um, some cards in the mail and I get so excited every time I see the envelope. And then I read the envelope and they're always addressed to my neighbor. Oh, no. Like, she's just got a bunch of people in her life. Because you know that, like, that old lady cursive? Oh, yeah. Love that, it. That, like, you don't get to see anymore. And I'm like, yes. oh, as soon as I see that, I'm like, this isn't for me. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I used to open the mail at TCM. I definitely know old lady cursive. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's like looking at, like, an ancient artifact. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Like, it's always written on their own stationery, which I love. Same. Sometimes it's scented, which is like <gasps> next level shit. And it's not, I don't know if it's the paper that comes pre-scented or they're just like spritzing like a, um, you know, those atomizers with like the little puff ball on the end of it and you squeeze the ball. I'm like, I wonder if they're like spraying their own letters. <laughs> like they were writing their greatest love in World War II when they were just yes. spraying the pages. So old habits die hard maybe, but um. I love it. They're like, I'm going to spritz this electricity bill. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the DMV sent me a uh, a letter about my tag, and I'm just going to put some (sighs) Chanel number five on it. Why not? Why not? Look, if I could, I would. If I wore any kind of perfume or smelled good, I would. But yeah, any letter I send with my own scent is getting sent right back to me. They'd be like, oh, I'm sorry. This this garbage letter arrived and it looked like it smells like it was actually in the garbage. What who is this? <laughs> <laughs> it smells like bats, this letter. Um, well, we're having this conversation, obviously, because this is a bonus. We're reading more viewer mail, um, which we love to do. And I think people are like digging the fact that we're using the bonus as a way to read some of these letters because a lot of times we just don't really have the time to do it during the normal episode. But, um, I think the last episode I asked about people's movie theater employee stories. Yes. So we got a few of those, which is great. Um, do you want me to read this first one? Oh, please do. Okay, cool. Um, this is an email we got from Meg. Her pronouns are she, her. So here it goes. Uh, Meg writes, I worked at a movie theater for four years to his crew to his manager. And I definitely saw a lot of weird shit. We were a smallish town theater that was frequented almost exclusively by either very cranky old people. 
Ah, Florida, or rowdy teenagers whose parents dropped them off thinking we were babysitters. One of the running games we workers had was uh, what's the most random movie you've caught teens having sex in? <laughs> Mine was probably Diary of a Wimpy Kid, The Long Haul. <laughs> <laughs> so disturbing. <laughs> but there were so many. <laughs> There are a couple of notable incidents I can think of, like the funny in hindsight one involving a pack of kids who bought drinks on a busy night and then ran theater to theater, throwing them into the audiences of every movie while the management team chased after them. I absolutely had yakety sacks blasting in my head throughout. (laughs) There was also the time I was in the office and heard the 16-year-old cashier call over the radio to me way too casually. So, hey, do you know CPR? Someone says someone's choking in Theater 11. (laughs) It may have almost given me a heart attack, but at least the dude ended up being fine. There was also the scary at the time, but sad in hindsight incidents, too, like the time a guy started having a meltdown during a movie and we had to pause the movie and try to clear out all the patrons which resulted in him running at the responding cops and getting tased. Thank you so much for your podcast. It's meant the world to me. I quit the movie theater just a couple months ago to go back to school, and y'all have really helped me make the hour-long commute much more bearable. I really value what you guys have shown about how friends can like different things, and that doesn't weaken bonds necessarily, but in fact makes them stronger. And how a movie doesn't necessarily have to be critically quote-unquote good for you to have a totally valid love for it. That's helped me in ways that are difficult to express within an already too long email, but I just wanted to say it's appreciated. Meg. Oh, Meg. Well, I'm glad you're back to school. Congratulations. Mm. But wow, I have had, I'm realizing through this letter, no appreciation or, or not enough appreciation for what movie theater managers and staff go through. Yeah, no kidding, right? <laughs> the yakety sacks playing as they're chasing these kids from theater to theater, throwing drinks at people. Like, what? I swear to God, if I was in a movie theater and some rowdy ass teens came in and threw a drink at me, I would go to my car, get a chainsaw, and chase them. <laughs> Through the theater to Yakety Sacks. I wish they made pocket chainsaws for just that reason, like attached (laughs) to your keychain. (laughs) Merch idea. Hear me out. (laughs) This is an incredible email, though, because, wow, there's a lot that I just didn't consider, like, People having sex in movie theaters makes sense, but, like, I've never considered that somebody has to deal with that. Oh, my God. I mean, I honestly feel like anything goes in a movie theater at this point. (laughs) Like people are just doing the wildest shit. And like, yeah, having to like work in a movie theater. I worked in a movie theater briefly in college. And I think I talked about this before. Like I was terrible. I like never wanted to (laughs) do anything like I I never wanted to thread the projector because I thought it was too hard. And I was like, I'll just sell candy. I don't need to be a projectionist. (laughs) And I'm like. That's dumb. Why would I do that? But yeah, just the things that people would like leave behind, especially like we we work like my movie theater that I worked at was on a campus. So, you know, obviously people left a lot of like books and papers and backpacks and shit. But like also just like weird, like people like take their socks off. (laughs) Like when they take their shoes off and they would like leave their socks. I'm like, why the fuck are you taking your footwear off at all? Oh, no. 
Oh, no. And so, I don't know. I can't imagine. I feel like that's a cultural point that we don't talk about enough. Like, you'll occasionally see a post, you know, pre-COVID especially, when people were like, I'm on an airplane with somebody that that took their shoes off. Like, it's a psychological need that needs to be addressed by the the DSM. Like, it truly, to take your shoes and socks off in a public space is potentially a psychotic endeavor that I think needs to be discussed. I, you know, it's, I think it's this, like, it's this false sense of, like, that you're in this, like, comfortable space or something like that, but you're not in public. I mean, I can only imagine that's what people are thinking, because honestly, I've been on planes before where people have done, like, you know, they're starting to, like, disrobe a little bit, and I'm always like, really? Like, you're still in public and that happens a lot too like when you go internationally because it's like when you get on the plane you're like oh we're we're on this plane for 12 hours might as well get comfortable let's start like putting a fucking pajamas on and all that stuff but like still it's not your flying bedroom it's like a public space so like at a movie theater is not even that like you're not even (laughs) in the movie theater long enough to like really want to get comfortable i'm just like what are you doing taking off clothes like like a jacket, of course, but of course. not footwear. Footwear. Oh, and just remembering the stickiness of every theater floor I've ever been in. Why would you want to? Yeah. I just, oof. I mean, listen, and honestly, when it comes right down to it, like, I don't know. I, I think I've just been around you too much now where now I start to think like, well, I would never take off my shoes because what if a weird psycho showed up and I got to run and I'm not run barefoot through the streets like. I got to stay like battle ready at all times. I'm not taking clothes off. This is the greatest compliment I've ever received in my life. (laughs) The greatest compliment of my life just happened. Everyone rewind. Use that 30 second back button. It thrills me to no end that you are now concocting exit plans in public because you've talked to me too much. I can retire now, but before I retire, I'm going to read our next email. <laughs> Thank you, Meg, for writing in, by the way. And I'm, I'm glad that you had that experience and can take the good out of it, but also that you have moved on. <laughs> okay, so our next, I'm not going to read the subject of our next email because it will totally give it away. Sure. And I'll try not to laugh while I'm reading it, which, as you know, is very difficult for me. Impossible. So our next email is from Anna, and Anna uses she, her pronouns. And Anna says, my absolute most awkward movie experience was when I was a senior in high school. My boyfriend at the time was at college down south, and his family invited me over for dinner to get to know me better. Just me and the rents. It was super awkward, and I was very shy. At this point, I'll mention that I'm white, and my boyfriend and his family are Indian. After dinner... The dad suggested we watch some TV. So we all sit on the couch and he's channel surfing. The dad lands on the movie Jungle Fever. It's on for a couple of minutes. And then Wesley Snipes starts plowing this white lady on a drafting table. (laughs) They're really going at it. My face is on fire. And at this point, I'm wishing for death and feel there's nothing I can do at this moment. (laughs) Just totally frozen. After what feels like an eternity, the dad asks if we should change it. And the mom screams, yes, you should change it. (laughs) The rest of the night is a blur. And I never hung out with just the parents ever again. 
Oh, God. <laughs> Side note, I love you ladies so much that I only have Stitcher Premium for your show. Aww. You make working long, shitty hours as a postman very enjoyable. Love, Anna. Oh, Anna's a postman. That's amazing. I just have to say that. I love everything about this. Oh, my God. I don't even know what to say. I laughed. I laughed so hard when this email came in that I think I copied and pasted it to you like in a text or on the Slack or something. Yeah. yeah. I was like, read this immediately. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's one thing to be watching a sex scene with just anyone, really, like friends or whoever. It's one thing to be watching it with your own parents. Yes. But watching it with like somebody else's parents, especially somebody you're dating, is got to be like the worst. <laughs> oh, completely. And this sounds like even if it was like a casual dinner, there's always a kind of a formality to these kinds of meetings. Like you're meeting the parents and just hanging out with just them. That's a big step in a relationship. Yeah. So then to have that step be infiltrated by Wesley Snipes banging, was it Annabella Siora? Siora, yeah. <laughs> I mean, lots of conversation can come from that, but not the kind of conversation you want. (laughs) I love how the mom was like, yes, you should change it. The mom is like, "Okay, I'm going to try to keep I'm going to try to keep my shit together for as long as I can here. What is he fucking doing? (laughs) I can't pop off on him the first time she's meeting us. But, you know, she was screaming at him later. <laughs> like this is a senior in high school. We could get arrested. Technically, what we just did was child porn. We could get arrested. <laughs> oh my god! Like so awkward, so awkward. I just don't think I can process. I, I like don't even want to process watching other people process. Yes, sex scenes. I guess that's really it, right? Exactly. That's the crux of the the awkwardness. And that's why it's awkward with with parents, your own or others, um, because you're like, I don't even want to know that you've had sex. Like, I understand rationally that I'm here. So you have. But I don't want to watch anything that makes me think you have done this or are into this or like, I don't want to think about it. I still believe I was born in a cabbage patch (laughs) and I was brought to like a little girl. That's how badly I don't want to know my parents. And I've actually caught them before. When I was a (gasps) young person, I caught my parents having sex. And it was probably contributes to a lot of the therapy that I've received in my life. But Oh, completely. I I didn't catch. I never caught my grandparents. But I asked my grandmother uh, within the last year or so, just out of curiosity, because I'm a creep. um, (laughs) And I was like, just out of curiosity, because my granddad's been dead for a long time now. I'm like, when was the last time you and granddad had sex? Because like, I never... I just didn't think you did that. And she was like, and we were talking about something regarding like their old bedroom or their own bed, their old bed set or something. So I right, kind of right. took it to the, the creepiest place possible. Right. And she was like, oh, we had sex on Smith Street, which is where like Corey and I lived with them. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> She's like, oh, yeah, like we, we were doing it pretty much up till he died. And I was like, goodbye, goodbye, <laughs> goodbye. Why did I go there? <laughs> like, I am a creep and you are creepier. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I don't have kids. 
Because <laughs> I don't want them asking me shit about me. Oh, 100%. Don't ask a goddamn thing about my goddamn life. Well, Ugh. speaking of hereditary trauma. Oh, shit. <laughs> also, I cannot wait for your first tattoo to be the Xavier Roberts signature on your butt. <laughs> Just bring it back to a recent episode. <laughs> Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> the name of this email. Well, first of all, it was written by Kelly. She she goes by she, her pronouns. Um, the title of this email is called Hereditary Trauma, the movie, not the ancestral package. So <laughs> I can't wait to get to get into this. Okay. Hey, guys. A cute preface. My mom and I are deeply into movies. Despite us having very different tastes and feelings towards them, I'm deeply emotional, where she's boomer level emotionally suppressed. <laughs> For example, I made her watch the documentary Dear Zachary, and her response was, I mean, yeah, it was sad. <laughs> Sociopathic shit. <laughs> that was Kelly saying that, not me, by the way. Yeah. Kelly said sociopathic shit, but just to pause for a moment and say that movie is the movie that I've never watched anything that emotionally wrecked me more or for longer than Dear Zachary. So to just be like, yeah, I guess it was sad. I'm like, I wanted to crawl into a cave after I saw that movie. (laughs) So anyway, when we first saw the trailer for Hereditary a few years back, I said, we have to see that. And Janice's monotone response was, whatever. <laughs> the day <laughs> the day came to see the movie opening night. I arrived with my mom and my little sister. And as they got the tickets and popcorn, I got blazed outside <laughs> by myself. <laughs> Sidebar, Kelly, can we be best friends? Okay. <laughs> In retrospect, not a great idea. Any whom the movie starts and I immediately regret my cannabis fuel decision. As you know, this motherfucking movie is nothing but anxiety and despair. As the party scene arrives, I've sunk so far down into my seat. My butt was hanging off the chair as I attempted to disappear. This is a world I wanted no part of. And yet I was feeling everything so intensely. So Due to my heightened emotions, when the car scene happened, followed by Tony's incredible performance, I was sobbing so uncontrollably that I had to walk out of the theater because I was unable to calm down. Picture a young girl briskly walking, then tripping, then running out of a packed theater while hysterically crying. My mom tried to call me to see if I was coming back, but I dropped my phone in my seat before (laughs) leaving and you couldn't pay me to come back and get it. I stood outside of the theater the entire time and didn't sleep for a few days after that. My mom and sister make fun of me relentlessly to this day, saying the movie was stupid and I'm (laughs) too emotional. But since I've met many people who understand my reactions, so Janice can go pound sand. Anyway, this movie launched Ari Aster to be my favorite creator due to his ability to fuck me up with every project he's ever done, i.e. Midsommar, The Thing About the Johnsons. Gotta love a proper sick mind and some horrific practical effects. Thanks for reading. I love you guys. Kelly. Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) I swear. I love every part of this email getting blazed before you go see hereditary of all movies <laughs> of all oh the God. movies that get high before you go see that is the last one on the list 
Look, I can't even tell you the amount of times I've been too high to where I've cried at like weird shit. Like I've been like super keyed up emotional about weird shit. I can't even imagine her, what she was feeling in that moment. Like she's probably like, fuck, I got to get out of here. <laughs> leave my phone, leave my family. <laughs> Oh, I gotta say, I know that Kelly started this email by saying like, oh, my mom, you know, she doesn't have a lot of emotions. I fucking love that her mom and sister were busted on her about this. (laughs) (laughs) That is a family I could hang out with for sure. Where they're like, you were laughing and freaking out during this incredibly tense movie. (laughs) (laughs) That's like your grandma. That's why your grandma would be like. What's your problem, bitch? Like, why are you crying? <laughs> oh, exactly. I think that's why I feel such an affinity for this family, because yeah. I grew up with that kind of sociopath and that kind of reaction. I cannot tell you how many movies, horror horror movies and otherwise, but especially horror movies, where I would cry and she would laugh at my crying. <laughs> I mean, we have to use the term boomer level emotionally suppressed because that yes. truly explains like an entire <laughs> generation of women including my mother <laughs> including like everyone I know over the age of like what 55 <laughs> <laughs> they're not the greatest generation but they are the get over it generation <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or maybe it's more like 65 I guess if you're 55 yeah. you're still Gen X and maybe you do feel a little something but yeah people but our mom and grandma's age woo. uh-uh they are like, I don't understand why you can't just stuff that shit down and move on with your life and go to work. And you're like, my dog just died. <laughs> Get over it. <laughs> oh, God. Kelly, cannot thank you enough for writing in. That was really funny. I'm so I'm, I'm glad that you continue to like Ari Aster after that. Because <laughs> that is a hell of an introduction to that genre of film. Wow. Yeah. Oh, I love this next email as well. Ooh, I love the 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 title. I don't know if you're going to read it, but oh yeah, the, <laughs> it's so the, funny. The subject alone, I was like, "What is up?" So the <laughs> subject of this email <laughs> that we received from P, just the letter P, um, is I saw on screen dick with my mom. <laughs> also how many a therapy session has 100% started. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> One of my mother's greatest joys in life is going to the movies. She loves them all. High art, lowbrow comedy, intense drama, whatever. As long as she can sit in a dark theater with popcorn, a Diet Coke, extra ice, and silence from those around her, she's happy. Woman after my own heart. Yes. Since a babysitter cost more than the movies, this was the early 80s, she took me and my brother along to many in-theater viewings that were maybe questionable for our age range. (laughs) Some past examples include Joel Schumacher's DC Cab, where the opening scene includes a blowjob in the back of Mr. T's taxi. (laughs) (laughs) The time she bought tickets to Wild Orchid for me and my friend because the guy at the box office wouldn't sell them to two 13-year-old girls. (laughs) Fuck. And let's not forget the time she took us to see Up the Academy, a 1980 TNA send-up about teens in military school. I was so young, four, 
that I have vague memories of it, but I think there was a scene where the headmaster was banging his secretary on his desk. That's that time she did say to us, don't tell anyone I took you to see this on the way to the car. (laughs) The best, though, was when she took me to see the crying game. We didn't know much about it other than what the preview showed. The movie theater listings didn't say anything other than it was a thriller set in Northern Ireland. This was 1992, kids. There was no IMDb or leaked video online. (laughs) Roger Ebert gave it four out of four stars, and that was enough in those days. Yeah. For real. Also, you had to call the theater to get the movie times. Uh, (laughs) So if you missed it, you missed it. Um, We saw a Sunday matinee, so it was a slow day, but there was only one other person in the theater with us, a mid-40s dude with a giant tub of popcorn. We loved every minute of the movie, but we're definitely not expecting to see a close-up of the luminous Jay Davidson's penis on the big screen. All three of us, me, my mom, popcorn dude, gasped loudly at the same time. The movie continued and the guy went back to munching the popcorn. We drove home in silence. And to this day, my mother and I have never spoken about it. (laughs) She's in her 70s now and we still go to the movies sometimes. But I try to keep it PG for my own sanity. Thanks for giving us this podcast. Your humor and perspective is exactly what's needed right now. P. Wow. Okay. First of all, (laughs) the mom taking her kids to see DC Cab, (laughs) Wild Orchid, and Up the Academy is literally legendary. Like, my parents wouldn't even be cool enough to know any of those fucking movies. Okay. That's amazing. Do own seven DVDs, to be fair. (laughs) They do. (laughs) Truly legendary shit. Oh, my God. And. A real, I mean, this also emphasizes how shocking it was to see Dick on screen that you didn't even talk about. Knowing that she would take you to all of those movies and would not talk about the crying game says a lot about how shocking it was for everyone involved. Yeah. Nobody nobody says anything after seeing a dick. Like... (laughs) Especially for the boomer level emotionally suppressed. (laughs) But, oh my God, like, can't can't even imagine. Cannot imagine. And look, an unexpected dick in real life is is shocking enough. (laughs) And on screen next to your mom? Uh Uh-uh. Yeah. Can't recover. My mom, it's it's interesting too, though, because I feel like, I don't know, my mom, it seems like my my mom is around this woman's age. So maybe I'm I'm willing to venture that P is like our age, obviously. Right. right? Um, I find that now my mom has like really gravitated towards watching movies with like hot guys in them, like guys (laughs) that she thinks are hot. And, um, uh, it's why she went through the whole Keanu thing where she was watching a lot of Keanu Reeves stuff. She watched all John, all the John Wicks, all the John Wicks. Uh, she made me buy them on Amazon. Like she was basically Ooh. like, you have to own the John Wicks so we could watch all of them. And I was just like, okay, I, I will definitely do that, obviously. But like it was for her. So the when I was just there, she has now a crush on Damon Wayans Jr., <laughs> and so we watched happy endings we watched all three seasons of happy endings on netflix because she has a crush on damon wayans jr and i'm like what the fuck 
lady? Like, what happened to this? How come you didn't take me to see DC Cab when I was young? Like, why did we wait until now for you to finally reveal that you have, like, you know, movie star crushes, right? Or whatever. It's so bizarre. I also love that at this point, buying the John Wick movies for your mom is like you're basically buying her porn. Why are you making me buy you porn? God. And you definitely were not cool enough to like sit in a theater with me when I had crushes on any movie star dudes. I, I will tell you too. I mean, speaking of the Wayans brothers and speaking of another movie that we talk about frequently on our podcast, the last night that I was there, she was out in the living room and I was in my, in the, their guest bedroom kind of packing and like getting all my stuff together to leave. I was listening to her watch a movie and I was like, what is this movie? I'm I'm listening to this movie. What is this movie? All of a sudden, I realize, guess what she's watching? Magic Mike XXL. No, she's not. Yes, and I was like, I am you couldn't pay me to go in there right now. You couldn't pay me. I don't care if the fucking house is on fire, like forget it. Like I'm not going in. Like I will die in their guest bedroom before I go out there. <laughs> You're like, I'm guess who's never going back to Atlanta because she's dying in this closet. <laughs> about to climb out this window and go around the house. Because I am not about to bust my mom watching Magic Mike XXL. Forget it. But what if you can share a Channy Tate's crush? <laughs> Weird or awesome? <laughs> See, now I'd be curious as to who she thinks is hot in this movie. Oh. I'm willing to venture. It's Joe Manganiello. Is that his name? I was just going to say. That seems like her type. Or the guy, just, I'm basing this one purely on her tattoo. The guy with the (laughs) long hair. (laughs) Kevin Nash? Is that who you're talking about? Yeah. With the long mullet. Oh, Lord. If my mom, oh my God, if my mom had a crush on Kevin Nash, I would absolutely go insane. Oh, God. No. <laughs> We've got to bring her on the show and find out what was the most appealing part of Magic Mike XXL for you. <laughs> I noticed a pattern. I mean, she liked Gerard Butler, Keanu Reeves, David Wayans Jr. So she probably likes like dark haired guys. Yeah. Right. Maybe it's Matt Bomer. And she wouldn't like him. I don't know if she'd be into a Matt Bomber, though, because yeah. Matt Bomber seems a little too like clean cut for her. So that's why I, I was like, it must be Joe. Possibly Look, Kevin Nash, although Kevin, I fucking hope to God not. I'm just saying Kevin Nash would go and get a fresh tattoo that looks like a 17 year old prison tattoo <laughs> with your mom <laughs> out of that whole group. He's the one showing up for that shit. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know. So oh my god! Bad. Dying oh to know. God. Dying to know. I'm gonna ask her next time I see her. Be like, let's watch Magic Mike XXL. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have that experience that like Anna has, where she's with somebody else's parents watching a sex scene. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh lord! But being a chaos agent. I would be the one requesting the movie with the parent. <laughs> truly, truly a chaos agent. We know this about you. Um, so I think this is the last email. Um, this is an email from Amy and it says, hi, Danielle, Millie, and the whole, I saw what you did pod team. 
My name's Amy. I'm 39 years old and I'm an Aquarius. Does anyone else remember when NKOTP sang their astrology signs? No? All right. <laughs> yes, you are in the right club here. You're with your people, Amy. We remember. <laughs> and, you know, we like that you're an air sign. I'll just say that. Um, I've never written into a podcast because I didn't think I had anything to share. But when I heard Millie encouraged movie theater employees to write in during the Experience the Unknown bonus episode, it felt like my time had come. I worked in a movie theater from October 1998 until November 2006 in Linwood, Washington, about 20 minutes north of Seattle. I still have over 50 posters that I can't seem to part with. I saw movies for free for eight whole years. In all sincerity, those eight years were the most fun I ever had at a job. I started as floor staff, which was a mishmash of selling concession stand goods, tearing tickets, cleaning theaters, and selling tickets in the box office. I found the grossest shit while cleaning theaters. Use condoms, cups of chew, spit, puke, dirty diapers. This isn't so much as gross, just different. Once I found a glass eye and the dude came back for it. Wait! wait. Oh, God. <laughs> How do you sanitize a glass eye that's been rolling around in a movie theater? Oh, my God. <laughs> Carry on. I got questions. Carry on. I'd have to shatter it and have to get a new one. No way. Shatter it and make a mosaic table. <laughs> so, um, okay, here we go. Eventually, I became a manager, which was largely cash handling. And my favorite part, working the projection booth. Back in my day, all the movies were still 35 millimeter film. I eventually just worked projection shifts full time, which came with perks of working in a dark space filled with white noise from the machines and seeing all the movies one to two days early because you had to splice the film reels together and screen them to make sure that you didn't fuck it up. It was the best and I still wish I could be a film projectionist today. I've seen my fair share of wild human behaviors, people having seizures during Hannibal, drunk people yelling and fist fighting during jackass releases. I once actually thought someone died while watching a movie. We turned up all the lights to clean one night and there was a dude slumped over who would not respond to our voices and didn't rouse awake until we were very close to him yelling for him to wake up. He just got up and left. I'm a heavy sleeper. Bye. Bye. <laughs> I mean, while well, they're like, do we have to call the cops? Did he die? <laughs> they're traumatized. He's like, oh, cool. Thanks. <laughs> oh, that's so fucking weird. Um, <sighs> we would get insane crowds during huge blockbusters like Lord of the Rings, Star Wars, Harry Potter, Matrix, etc. These were the days before you could pick your seat ahead of time, and it was absolute chaos, but it was fueled by the excitement of people gathering to experience their shared interests. The wildest thing that happened to me while I was working a projection shift was when we were robbed one night, and I didn't even know it. I was all the way back in the projection booth, the dark, closed off, U-shaped hallway that houses seven projectors, humming away. I moseyed into the manager's office during a lull, and my manager told me we were just robbed at gunpoint. She was at the top of the office stairs and heard a fellow manager being 
escorted off with a sawed off shotgun back to our safe. The manager quietly shut the door, topped the stairs, called the cops. The dude ran the long way to get out all the way down the hallway, running by all seven theater doors to the back exit. The cops got him before he could escape the property. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) There's the thing that's killing me about that. There are emergency exits in every theater. If he had just ducked into a theater. Oh, my God. (laughs) Also, like (laughs) this, I just have to let me fucking talk about this. Why? Why would you rob a movie theater? Movie theaters are fucking huge. Huge. And for what? It's not like it's not a bank. There's not like thousands of dollars in a safe that you that would make running through a huge place worth it. (laughs) Like, why would you do that? (laughs) So weird. Anyway, thank you both for your amazing podcast. I came for the movies and now I stay for the main shows and the bonus content because you were both extremely relatable, hilarious and smart. As a 39 year old woman, only a few months shy of 40, I'm very comforted listening to women close to my age who just get it. I work in the video game industry now, which is largely old white dudes or very young people who are great and some of my closest friends, but sometimes I feel lonely. Both you and your podcast remind me to love parts of myself. I had let fall to the wayside. Thank you. Oh, and I'm officially part of the no spoilers team. Amy. Oh, thank you so much. Amy. <laughs> that was fantastic. <laughs> oh my God. I'm literally never going to not laugh at the image of Movie theater employees walking up to a guy who slumped over a seat and like literally getting in his face and be like, hey, are you all right? And he just like gets up and leaves. (laughs) (laughs) That's making me laugh so hard. It's so cartoonish, just like (laughs) no. (laughs) Oh my god, that and the glass eye. I just holy shit. Oh my goodness, I swear he came back for it. This is fantastic. And look, you're in the video game industry now, which is fantastic. High fives to you for that. But you are living my nightmare working with largely old white dudes and very young people like those are i need i need to work in the middle (laughs) that's where i'm most comfortable those two extremes are too much for this this middle-aged heart but holy shit this was so fucking funny i cannot believe you survived eight years of this yes i feel like you know being a movie theater employee it, it you you are in some kind of war at some point and you, the stories that people have after they've left those places are so funny and like i said i briefly worked in a movie theater and i i've never experienced half the things that they've experienced but i still feel like a kinship because i was like the dirty diaper thing when they brought that up i was like oh of course dirty diapers all the time in movie theaters right and i'm just like why would anybody change their child? First of all, bring a baby to a movie, but then change the <laughs> diaper there. It's like, what the fuck? Sir, you have a baby in the Matrix, first of all. <laughs> People will sometimes bring like newborns to movies, and I'm like, this is definitely a bad idea. Like, oh, and they have to leave. 
leave all the time. Also, like their 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 little ears though, like the little newborn ears in the in a loud movie theater. I can't. But I I also noticed. I don't know if um this is true of everywhere. But there was that movie theater in uh, Los Feliz that had like specific screenings for parents. Oh, wow. Really? I didn't know and, that. Like, that's a good idea. Yeah. They have specific screenings. And it's like you can bring your baby to the movies on this day at this time. And it would be like a theater full of people with babies. And that's how you should be watching a movie if you have a newborn. Because everyone gets it. If you have to leave, you have to leave. But if your kid's crying or fussing, like no big deal. You're, you're around your people. You're amongst your people. Yeah, I don't I don't know if I would ever do it. I just that would just be too bizarre. Plus, it's like, where are you putting the baby on the floor again? Got to shatter the glass eyes. Got to remove your feet. Like if you if you walked around in there with those shoes on, got to throw that baby in the trash. It's disgusting down there. <laughs> oh, you 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 change this baby's diaper in a movie theater. Now you have to get rid of it. Sorry. <laughs> There's no way to disinfect that little fucker. Just get a new baby. <laughs> Oh my God. Can you imagine my other worst nightmare is accidentally going to one of those screenings? Oh, no. Like, can you imagine buying a ticket and walking into a theater full of babies? I would be like, uh, I'd be like that guy who robbed them with a sawed off shotgun. I'd be running down the hall. <laughs> Get me out of here. Get me out of here. Why did I rob this giant multiplex <laughs> with exit doors everywhere? <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> oh, my God. That was fantastic. I'm obsessed with our I'm obsessed with our listeners. I love that they write us these emails. Thank you so I much. I agree. I'm so there with you. Thank you for writing in, for sharing with us. <laughs> Thank you for making us laugh. And thank you for like being a stitcher premium subscriber i mean yeah. honestly like we love that you're supporting us um it means the world to us that you would kick in a little extra to do that and we just really really appreciate it if you want to write us an email if you're listening and you want you know to send us a couple stories either from like bad movie theater experiences being an employee awkward sex scenes <laughs> I don't even know. Have you robbed a movie theater before and lived to tell about it? Tell, you know, email us. Um, Did you sit with your 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 partner's parents during an explicit sex scene or your own, your own parents? If you were conceived to DC Cap or some some movie in the diary of a wimpy kid franchise. <laughs> I'm never recovering from that one. Can you fucking imagine? <laughs> but email us at I saw what he did pod at gmail.com. Um, quite obviously, we get them. We read them. If you don't want us to read them, too, that's yeah. always an option. Uh, just let us know, because otherwise we do read them on. I think people know that. But just to say, if you're just like, I just want to send you an email, but I don't want you to read it. Yeah, just let us know for sure. And you can also just follow us on our socials. Maybe you don't want to send an email, but you just want to give a comment. And you can do that at I saw pod on Twitter and Instagram. Yes. And also we do have merch. Um, we're about to like kick off some holiday jams. But in the meantime, we still have tons of stuff. Um, 
The sweatshirts are good for colder weather. They're really cute. That's at the exactly right shop at exactlyrightmedia.com. And don't forget, you can listen to new episodes one week early on Amazon Music or early and ad-free plus bonus episodes by subscribing to Wondery Plus in the Wondery app. Yes, yes, yes. Well, now I have to go blow my nose because I've laughed so hard. (laughs) Kevin Nash! I literally have laughed myself into a stuffy nose. So thank you, listeners. Thank you, Danielle. Thank you, Millie. I love this. And yeah, come listen to us on the main feed. See you soon. Thank you. Bye. This has been an Exactly Right production. Produced and mixed by Casey O'Brien. Our theme song is by Tom Bryfogel. Artwork by Garrett Ross. Our executive producers are Georgia Hartstark, Karen Kilgariff, and Danielle Kramer. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at IsawPod. And you can email us at IsawWhatYouDidPod at Gmail. Listen, follow, and leave us a review on Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget, you can listen to new episodes one week early on Amazon Music or early and ad-free plus bonus episodes by subscribing to Wondery Plus in the Wondery app. Follow I Saw What You Did on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen so you don't miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, rate and review the show. And visit exactlyrightstore.com to purchase I Saw What You Did merch.